Yo, what is up? It's Adam Karendang back with another episode of Novelty Voice here and at 120 Collective. Um, I'm sitting here with a good friend, Jeremy Miller. How you doing tonight, man? Doing pretty well. How you doing, man? Good, good. I appreciate you coming and uh, sitting down with me and having this conversation. I love indie, man, so thanks for having me out here. Definitely. Um, real quick, just want to give uh, a, a brief background. So Novelty Voice, it's a platform for creative entrepreneurs and young professionals to be heard. Uh, our goal is to interview really awesome up-and-coming movers and doers here in the city, get to know them on more of a personal level, uncovering their journey, their mindset, their vision for what they're doing. Nice. Um, so, I mean, without further ado, I'm Jeremy Miller, you're 20 years old yes dude this guy is 20 years old he's an entrepreneur a business owner digital marketer featured in forbes inc magazine 50 plus uh, publications all at the age of 20 which is extremely impressive i don't often get complimented like that so i appreciate that for sure no <laughs> dude it's impressive i mean i'm 23 and and just seeing what you're doing, and obviously I, I kind of have a, a more of a background than our, our listeners maybe than your story and what you've done in the past, but it, it really is inspiring. So I'm excited to kind of uh, get more of your story and share with the listeners what you have going on. Yeah. So you want me to just kind of dive into it or? Yeah, I'll ask you first. So um, where are you from? Let's, let's get some brief background of you first. Born and raised in Greenwood, Indiana. Okay. Yep. Sweet. What high school did you go to? Greenwood Christian Academy. So I originally went to Center Grove, but then I switched over uh, in fifth grade. I went to a private school. Wanted to change things up. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I, I'm from Greenwood as well. I didn't cool. know you were actually... Did you, wait, you're living in Indianapolis though, correct? No, I, I've lived in... So I live in Broad Ripple now, but I lived gotcha. in Greenwood, Indiana pretty much all my life. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. And then so how, do you, how many siblings do you have? So I have an older brother who I live with. He's 23, I think. <laughs> His name is Jake. He's a tech ops engineer at a company called Kinney Group. They're okay. a pretty cool company on the west side, I believe. And I have a younger sister who she's freaking awesome. She's 17. Her name's Jessica. Um, and she's going to be like a legitimate public speaker. Like just, oh, wow. she can just ravel a crowd. Like, like she is just very inspiring, very passionate. Um, she's just a very empathetic person. And pe people just love to hear her speak. So. Um, yeah, my brothers and sisters are pretty awesome. Sweet. You got the whole JJJ. Yeah, and, and my, my mom, her name is Jill. Okay. My dad, his name is Doug, so we call him Jug. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually funny. That's been like an ongoing family joke for like years, <laughs> like probably a decade. <laughs> That's that's funny. Um, and so I guess growing up, you know, what were your hobbies? Um, honestly, like I did so many different things. Like uh, like I, my, my parents used to make like not fun of me, but, like, they joked how I was, like, constantly having just so many different hobbies. Like, they're, like, just pick one, and I just like to try so many different things. I mean, everything from Legos to um, longboarding, skateboarding to, um, uh, you know, skiing, snowboarding, uh, whether it was sports or uh, I love when I was super young, like, kind of elementary, m middle school, it was, like, science kits all mm -hmm. the time. Like, that's all I wanted for my, my uh, Christmas and birthday. I just wanted a unique science kit that was just kind of different. Um, and then as I kind of grew up, it was videos, social media, um, content creation, that kind of stuff. And now, you know, my hobbies are my skill sets, except I'd say video games, esports. you know, that's something that I am just passionate about that industry and I've kind of working in it in, in some ways. And that, that's kind of a hobby right now that I really enjoy. Okay. So what would you say your skill sets are? How would you define skill sets? So things that you personally think that you're really good at that you can add value to other people with? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so marketing in general, and so my approach to marketing is very fundamental. Mm -hmm. So it's um, 
when I would build a campaign or, you know, before I would even start running ads or to build in kind of awareness for anything. Before I had to market anything, uh, I kind of look at it from the consumer standpoint and I think about the psychology of things. So um, the way I view marketing it, or the way I view marketing and, and just how I uh, focus on it from a customer centric standpoint um, kind of makes my uh, approach to marketing. So it's not necessarily some unique scale. It's just kind of my mindset with marketing and, and how I market things. Gotcha. And so did you go to college? No, I, uh, most of my education is through, you know, self-learning mm -hmm. or mentors, um, watching what other people are doing right, watching what other people do wrong. Um, but ultimately like, you know, there's a quote that, you know, when I was on Forbes that they kind of kept, it was, uh, you know, be a student of, don't be a student of the classroom, be a student of the world. Mm. And like, I believe every single person in this world that you meet, you can learn something super valuable that can either be uh, valuable to you right now or like years down the road. And like, you, you can't quantify it right now, but like when it happens, you're, you're, you're going to be happy about it, right? Yeah. And so just approaching life where like, how can I lear learn something? How can I meet someone new? How can I... Uh, teach someone something. And, and when I just kind of approach life like that, it just kind of opens up doors of opportunity. Mm, I love that. And so um, after high school, did you, what, what was that thing that you did? Obviously you didn't go to college. So what sure, did you so, do? Uh, when I was gra graduating high school, which was May 20th at 3.46 PM, <laughs> I, I literally, best day of my life, um, hated high school. Um, unfortunately, I, I had great teachers who helped me get through, but I just had very bad grades. Um, but what I was doing was my advertising agency and Facebook advertising only. And because that was what I was best at, and at the time I'd recently made the transition to focus on what I was best at, I was making decent money, you know. Mm. So I just bought the car, you know, and I just going to college wasn't something that I was thinking about because I just knew how, how expensive it was. I just wanted to spend money on, you know, traveling. I just yeah. wanted to go see the world, you know. And so I just spent the whole summer, really, the next six months after I graduated high school, just traveling doing Facebook advertising for clients because it's on my laptop and my phone, um, but I just spend a lot of my just traveling. Where was the uh, best place that you went during that time? Best place? So in so I, my first set of traveling was all U.S. That, I, I just kind of wanted to cover U.S. My favorite trip that I did was sponsored by Subaru, actually. So all of our expenses were covered, and it was 6,300 miles all around the U.S. So like... What? 60 hours of driving, and I did like 90% of it because like the, uh, the car was like brand new. That's how we got the sponsorship. I kind of leveraged, uh, which that's a different story, which we can share. Um, but, it, you know, it was a brand new car, and I didn't want anyone to drive the car, so I drove like the whole trip. So it was very tiring, but um, just seeing the, just the, the country, just like going to the West Coast and then to the East Coast and back to the East Coast, seeing the country in just that perspective, and we went like the low route, and then we went to high route, it was just so cool i have so much respect for the u.s like the whole world is like you know england you know for you know, those different places are beautiful but there's some really cool places in the u.s if you just get out and explore like mm. if you just kind of think a little creatively like oh what, what's over there what's down that you know what's over here in this state park and it was just a very uh, adventurous uh trip we did, didn't have much planned it was cool so was that with just a bunch of friends or? yeah okay that's that's super awesome how, so how did you pull off this sponsorship <laughs> Yeah, so the car that I have is a uh, Subaru Impreza, Island Blue Subaru Impreza. And I've always been a fan of Subaru, which is another story, but ever since I was a kid, I've always been a fan of Subaru. So I follow them on social media, and I've just noticed how this one car that I wanted for a long time, I never saw it on their social media. And I was like, and it is a, in my mind, I was like, it's a beautiful car. And so I was just so confused on why they would not have content on you know this car that I, I'm buying. 
And I also knew that brands love quality user-generated content, and they love it when it's free as well, um, and when it's like no hassle, and when they're dealing with someone who's not going to waste their time. And so I called like a local Subaru customer service department, and I said, I'd like to be in touch with your corporate Subaru headquarters. I have a media partnership opportunity that I'd like to offer. Um, who should I talk to? And they're like, oh, well, you need to talk to this person. And then I talked to that person. They said, oh, you need to talk to the media department. Uh, so I, I think I was connected to like the social media department, shared a little about who I was. You know, we had you know this car that we wanted to create all this content for, make a bunch of free videos, give to them for free. Um, we just wanted the expenses to be covered, um, and and that's just what we wanted. We're just a bunch of videographers who just want to explore the country. They forwarded us to the partnerships department, and that's kind of where we figured out the details, you know, what are they gonna do with the content, how are we gonna get to them, what kind of video are we gonna make, are we gonna make a video, figured out all the details. Um, and then once we figured out all the details, and I didn't really, you know, waste our time, I didn't, you know, I wasn't greedy, I didn't try to ask for extra money, um, it was pretty easy to work with. You know, that was the first big partnership that I ever, ever did, you know, so, but it ended up being pretty easy. That's awesome, and so you started this, you know, digital marketing agency in high school then, right? <clears throat> Yeah, because I started the skateboard company early high school, like freshman, okay. uh, and I closed it like around sophomore year. I started a social media marketing agency where I was doing what we talked about earlier, where mm -hmm. I was like, let me just manage social media clients for you know all social media for so many people. Burnt out, and that's when my mentor was like, just focus on what you know, focus on Facebook ads, man. Just like focus on one thing, and if you're great at that, then maybe you can expand. But you got to make sure you're actually great at this like one small thing. I like that, and so. Um Okay, for our listeners, they they know a little bit of background of you, this kid who's in high school who's starting a business and now agency and, you know, all this stuff, and you're only 20 years old. If you don't mind, you know, I, I have a – you shared your story last time we met with, with me, and, dude, it was extremely inspiring. So if you don't mind just kind of diving into your story and your perspective of everything, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, uh, so when I was young, and this is about to get dark, um, I was sexually abused for a couple years, and and when you're young, your your brain is is in a co is in a very uh, pivotal cognitive development period. Like it's mm -hmm. constantly changing. It's it's in a rapid state, and so like effects can be much more weighted at a younger age, if you will. Um, things that can affect you, and so of course that really affected me negatively from a psychological standpoint. And so just through elementary school and middle school, you know, I just was confused on life I you know wasn't really happy kind of wasn't really happy with the world I, I, I was curious like I was always like you know I one of the reasons why I was constantly exploring many different things like I mentioned earlier is because I was just constantly trying to find something new that could get me excited or get me happy or something that I could just put my hands and be busy with you know that could help me forget about you know whatever is lingering in my head um, and so like eighth grade, like early, maybe even early high school, um, I had one therapist and she approached psychology, not from a here, hey, here's a, hey kid, here's a pill. And you know, it's a magic pill because most of the therapists and counselors that I had, you know, it was, it just wasn't anything that actually, you know, got to the root problem. Mm -hmm. Um, and the root problem that I believe, um, and the root problem was just like, it was a chemical imbalance in my brain. And just she understood the, the psychology of the brain and how our brain is made up of chemicals and hormones. And, and our brain is very if-then. It, it's driven by if-then sequences. It's very 
algorithmic. It's very, it's all based on patterns. And if you can learn these patterns and these behaviors of the brain, you can start to learn that humans, we can actually trigger emotions. We can trigger thoughts. Mm. Like we can actually have a lot more control of our brain than we might think of. Like when you think about people like Seth Godin, um, you know, Tony Robbins, people were just on like another level. Like their brain is like not on earth. Like they're <laughs> in freaking like crazy, you know, yeah. like they're just so <laughs> smart. It's just, that's just how developed their mindset is. Mm. Um, and so that was just kind of our, our focus. Um, and so we learned about a hormone or chemical called serotonin. A lot of people are familiar with it. Uh, this chemical regulates your mood and your anxiety. A lack of this chemical, a lot of people theorize, there's not a lot of science and data that says whether it's true or not, but I believe, and a lot of people believe that a lack of this chemical, when your brain doesn't produce this chemical, that's when you become depressed. Mm. Um, I also believe, and a lot of people also believe, they theorize that um, you can trigger this chemical by literally doing something else for someone, like by serving other people. So like, you know, when you held the door open for me when you came in and I had a smile and I was like, oh, dude, I appreciate it because I was cold inside and you like felt good. You were letting me inside this warm room and you, you were gesturing me in. You felt good inside because serotonin was being released in your brain, like, mm. like by you literally doing something for someone else. And so um, at that point, once we kind of discovered, once we kind of looked at depression, looked at me from that standpoint, the conversation was, and what pill do we take? It wasn't what, you know, religious practice, you know, do we take? It's like, Jeremy, you're going to go to a, a nonprofit and you're going to serve. You're going to go to a, a, a shelter and you're going to go serve. You're going to start serving at your church every uh, church Sunday at 6 a.m. for an entire year. Mm. And it's going to suck. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> and that's what I did. But, like, and in the beginning, it was awful. I hated it. But towards, you know, like the middle, you know, after I started doing after I started getting to this rhythm of serving people and talking to people and seeing, like, this impact that I was having, whether it was, you know, handing someone you know, a, a, an article of clothing or just, you know, just talking to someone, just being there for someone, when that person was in a much worse state than I was, and by just me kind of talking with them, made them, made them happier, it gave me significance. Mm. And it's hard to be depressed when you feel significant. Yeah. And so that was like, that was the real high, because like, I was testing drugs, like I was testing, you know, just different things that the world could offer at the time, but like, Feeling significant, I promise you, is better than any you know type of strain of weed or whatever. It's like when you feel that you have purpose, and so like when I could see that I could like impact someone, like help someone, I was like, wow, like that's exciting, um, and that's sustaining too. Like it's not just like another hobby, or it's not just another drug that's short term. It's not temporary because you know serving people, it's a very fundamental thing that you know a lot of humans don't do, mm. um, and it's something that it, that our chemical nature, you know what. Well, whatever you believe, you know, I believe that our, our bodies are just, it just desires us to serve more. Um, that's a whole nother conversation an, another time. Uh, but so, so that was my focus. And so business, entrepreneurship, um, after, so um, to, to back up, um, after I kind of learned that serving was something I was going to do, then I was like, once I know that I want to serve people, then what am I going to do with that, right? Because like, mm -hmm. how do you, like, what am I going to serve? Like, am I going to volunteer all my life? Because that's definitely not what I, I want to do because I'm ambitious. I want to, you know, achieve cool things. I want to travel. I want a cool car, you know? Um, and so by looking at the people in my life who were serving people, who were happy, who had a happy family, who were, um, you know, they're involved in the community, a lot of them were entrepreneurs. Mm. And so when I saw that, I was like, head well, on. I've seen a trend here. Like, what's this, what's this business thing? You know, because like, I used to just think it was just products and profit and money. I didn't realize there was something actually you know, behind the surface. And so after studying entrepreneurship, just literally on Google or just asking people, asking my dad, uh, you know, asking you know, uncles, whatever, you know, what is entrepreneurship? What does that mean to you? Like, what are the fundamental components of entrepreneurship? It's serving people. 
Mm. You're solving problems. You're creating convenience in the marketplace. You're um, making other people's lives better. That's why you're giving. That's why they're giving you their credit card information. Um, so I was like, boom, that's it. So the skateboard company was a therapeutic experience. It was just an opportunity for me to honestly overcome my own depression. Um, and through that experience, I learned that business was truly my passion, and I had some skills in it, specifically social media. So when I closed my skateboard agency or my skateboard company, because I just I, I couldn't grow it well. You know, we just weren't profiting. And when I closed it, I needed to focus, which was also advice from uh, a mentor of mine. And so that's when I just focused on marketing. And that's kind of where I got to where I am now, just continually doubling down, focusing on uh, just what I'm best at. Dude, that's awesome. And so with your first company, the skateboard, <clears throat> it was Longboards, right? Mm-hmm. So with the Longboard company. Um, longboards and skateboards. Okay, Longboards and skateboards. With that company, when you kind of, you know, shut that down, was that a hard transition? Because, Absolutely. Yeah, I know that, like, that was probably your baby. It was like yeah, that, was. First, that first company, you know, you thought you were going to take it to the millions, and then it doesn't work out. What, what was that transition like? And did that put you back into a place where you're like, well, shit, like, now what? Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. Um, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I did kind of skim over that. So the company was called Void Longboards. And I want to explain that name. Um, so before I had, uh, so, so one of the main things that, that, that helped me, you know, s- overcome depression, it wasn't just business. It was I found Christ. You know, I found um, a savior that, you know, someone that I believed in, right? Um, someone that I felt could, you know, s- could speak to me, could save me, right? Um, and so through that process, through that, tra- through, through that transition um, was around that time when um, the agency was closed and, or when I had to close the agency. And I had thought that that was going to be a scar, you know, this big public visible scar for the rest of my life. Like, you know, I, I, I pictured it, you know, it was going to be on my LinkedIn, you know, Jeremy failed a, a company, this is how much money he lost, by the way, don't forget it. <laughs> and it's interesting that I just want to share that now, you know, even like six months, eight months, a year afterwards, when I would share that story, like the people that were inspired by that story, that is so worth starting a company and losing $8,000. Just oh, wow. just being mm-hmm. able to like help people understand that it's okay to fail. Because yeah. like I did it and I'm proud of it because like I learned a lot of good shit. Mm-hmm. So if you fail and you learn things, own it. Mm. Because like every successful person, if they tell you that they haven't failed, they are lying to you. Yeah. Because failures are a precursor to success, yep. right? Because you, you just can't like teach success because the world's moving so quickly. Like you just can't teach it. So you got to teach people how to learn on their own. And once you can learn how to overcome failure, once you can learn how to a- adapt, once you can learn how to iterate, you're starting to talk about marketing. You're starting to talk, talk about campaigns. You know, you're talking about me as a marketer. You know how many thousands of ads that were just terrible that I wasted money on, but I learned from those ads. And so now I have 10,000 ads that were actually great. And because these 10,000 ads are more loud than the 1,000 ads, more people focus on, you know, what was great than what was actually, you know, bad. So if you can just leverage what you can learn, then failures are great. You know, like rejoice in them. Like my, you know, I have a, I don't know if the camera can see it, uh, but I have a tattoo of keep moving forward Love on that. my arm in the Disney font. And there's a movie that a lot of you guys might remember but when you were a kid you might have watched it but meet the robinsons yep and one of my favorite movies of all time um but in the movie there's a scene where uh you know he fails an invention and they literally throw a party because he failed something <laughs> and it's like it was just this rejoicing just this completely different perspective on how they viewed failure and i was like that's really cool and so just just mindset's really important so when you talk about that transition i had a lot of mentors help me develop a mindset to get me through that it wasn't you know, grit. It wasn't, you know, uh, 
it wasn't that. It was just mentors helped me develop a mindset to help me understand that it's okay. It's, it's great. It's part of the process. How did you find these mentors? Um, so one of my first mentors, one of my first real mentors, his name was Kenton Yoey. And so my dad actually connected with him. So my okay. dad was part of some business group. He started talking about me. And the guy was like, hey, I'd love to talk to your son. I'd like to talk to young people. Um, and then after that, I leveraged shock factor. So when I'm networking with people, when I'm talking with people, I try to create shock factor. So for example, um, when I'm at a networking event or if I'm meeting new people um, and if I'm with someone who knows me and my story, if I ever introduce myself, I'm like, hi, I'm Jeremy Miller, I'm a marketer. That's all I'll say. Mm -hmm. And m a lot of the times, the person next to me, they're like, Jeremy, no, you talk yourself down. They're like, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And the person's <laughs> like, wow. And at that point, because like, I show that I was like humble because like I really don't give a shit about like like genuinely, yeah. but because like they saw that I didn't share that thing and like now they learned that I had some kind of skill or I had some kind of accomplishments. There were shock factors like now all someone unique, and so then after if I could talk with them and, and say to them, hey, I have a habit to connect with people or to learn from people who are smarter than me. Could I just spend some time with you? Could I just um, you just share some? You know, can I just learn something from you? Um, and when you kind of approach them that way, when you can kind of create that shock factor, leverage your story, whatever it is, and then approach them from a very respectful manner where you're like, hey, I just like to be around people who are smarter than me. Successful people respect the heck out of that. Yeah. And especially if you're young. If you're young and wanting to be in entrepreneurship, leverage your youth because adults love young people who are, uh, who are responsible and who can like commit and like who just have like good people skills and like those are very simple things and so if you can just be a quality human and you know just commit to things you know email on time be on time those basic things it's very easy to get mentors because there's a lot of successful people who do want to give back and do want to mentor people yeah that's great advice i love how you worded um i have a habit to be exactly. around successful people and learn from them that's important word that's very um <clears throat> That's just spot on, man, and that's a good perspective to have. What's your view on creating good habits, especially as an entrepreneur and, you know, um, doing your own thing? I mean, I'm sure that, that you've probably put time into trying to formulate, you yeah. know, good habits and get rid of bad habits. You know, what, what's the importance to, sure. of those to you? So this is something that my dad taught me, so credit to my dad. He's okay. awesome. Jug. Um, jug. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he just, ever since I was a kid, he just always taught me uh, – just the word habit, and mm -hmm. to bit, he taught me to create a habit. You need to do the same thing for thirty days straight. Okay. And so, um, and what that does is just that that repeated cycle is that rhythm. Because again, your brain works in patterns. It it works in rhythms. It works in cycles. So if you create those cycles, if like um, the the whole serotonin thing. Um, your brain was in a cycle of not producing that chemical. When you produce that chemical, you recreate mm. a new cycle, right? Um, and so with what I was explaining with what my dad was sharing with me with um, kind of, it, you know, explaining those different did th those different transitions. It gives you kind of a platform for you to kind of step back and kind of channel out, okay, if I'm going to actually develop a habit, something that is something that uh, I don't have to force myself to do, because like a habit, if we step back and ask ourselves, what is a habit? It's something that you just do, right? Yeah. It's not something where you like, you have to put a reminder like, okay, I, I gotta brush my teeth. Like, you brush your teeth every morning, and that's just something you do. Your subconscious brain just kind of takes control. That's a habit. Um, and to create that habit, to create that subconscious brain where it's just kind of, kind of doing, where you just kind of remembering. Um, just a lot of science just backs up. Doing it for 30 days straight helps you create that habit. What habits have you purposely created in your life? Uh, 
like specifically around do you have a morning routine um do you read do you you know yeah, these so, things yeah I, sure so i definitely don't get on social media technology in, in the morning like i try to push it off as late as i can i obviously like i i need to get the emails eventually so it's not like you know 11 a.m but like i try to push that back just because i know preserving my brain away from that screen and from those dopamine trips yep. are just healthy um, but yeah, I do try to read. So I read the Bible in the morning. I try to just sit back and just like stay calm. I try to just don't do anything. Just sitting in just complete silence. Um, I, I, I definitely don't do it every day. It, it, I'm trying to develop that habit, right? Um, but just every now and then just sitting in silence for five minutes. In the beginning, it's hard. It feels like 25 minutes. <laughs> but when you do that in the morning and just sit in silence and just think about your day, think about what you want, think about the people you interact with. I don't know, man. It just gives you clarity mm. and just gives you peace. Would that be your form of like meditation in a way? Or do you actually sure. sit down and meditate? No, I definitely don't like what people view med- meditation. I don't do that. And I haven't necessarily tried it. So I, I, lo- I, t- I would totally love to legitimately try meditation. But yeah, I guess you could say that's my form of meditation. Just starting in the morning, just kind of slow, um, just kind of peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, what would you say the pressures of being an entrepreneur are? Man, where do I start? <laughs> uh, the pressures of being an entrepreneur. I'd say, so let me ask you this. Um, who is a specific audience that would be hearing this, hearing this question? Because I can tailor this question to an audience. Yeah, I think this would be for those young professionals. Yeah. yeah. So one of the biggest pressure pressures of the young entrepreneur is like, you got to be successful really fast and you got to make it and whatever. There's just no patience. Mm. That's the biggest thing I I see lacking. And and I lacked it so incredibly hard for the longest time. Thankful to my mentors who helped me develop patience in my journey. Um, And I think a lot of young entrepreneurs, if they just realize that, look, if you're 18 or 19 or 20 or 20, even 25 years old and you're networking with people, trying to learn new skills, um, trying to get business, trying to develop other streams of income, you are monumentally ahead of people, ahead of 80 to 90% of people your mm-hmm. age. Like most people are getting, you know, leaving college at 25 and not having a single clue what, what, what they're going to do. They're going to get some, you know, 13, 14 hour job for a couple of years to figure out what they really want to do because they changed their major two or three times in college and they didn't really figure out a career. They just kind mm-hmm. of, kind of have a couple interests in a couple different things, right? Um, but, but, but that's okay because that, that's their story. So I, I'd say, you know, just one of the things for, for young entrepreneurs just in terms of developing habits is just be patient, you know? Mm. Dude, patience. It's, and <clears throat> this is something that it's kind of like the Gary Vee approach, but I, it's something that I've seen and tried to apply to my life, and it's so important, is that macro patience, yeah. micro speed. Yeah. So what's your opinion on that? Just going – because I feel like a lot of people, you know, they – especially at our, at our age demographic – you know, they want everything now, yeah. but they're not willing to put in the work yeah. to actually do it. Yeah. So here's something that, that I'm going to share that when, when you hear it, you're going to be like, and, and you honestly are probably going to already do this, but when you hear this, it's, it's going to sound so amazing and so obvious, but like 99% of like the population does not do this. A lot of people, they call this like the, the 1% comfort zone. Like people, like 1% of the population actually get out of their comfort zone and they just learn different mindsets and they get to a, a, a certain point. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, that's, it, it, it just depends on your platform really. So do you think that, 
Like, what's your standpoint on fear then? Like, getting outside your comfort zone, are you afraid of anything? Or, you know, what when something happens and, uh, you know, you get that feeling inside where it kind of scares you, do you just dive into it? Or, like, what's your approach with that? The, the thing about fear is a lot of times fear is, like, such a fake thing. It's yeah. So, so, so many times fear is such a fake thing. And a lot of times it, it's the fear itself that is the failure mm. of people. It's not, you know, actually starting something and failing. Um, a, a lot of fears that, that people have is honestly just from them just not knowing if, if they can be successful the first time. And that's, again, where I just beg people to just be patient. Just, like, just focus on just developing a circle. Focus on developing a mindset. Focus on developing skills that are marketable. Um, and, if, and if you're doing that on, like, a weekly basis, you are so far ahead from so many people. So be grateful about that. And if you can practice that, that's another habit. Like, practicing mm. gratitude, oh, my gosh. Not even, like, just being happier, but you will literally produce better work for your clients. If you have clients, you will literally be a better employee. You will be, be a better husband, father, son, whatever. If you just, yeah. like, practice, pra like, in those moments of silence where I mentioned, I literally just, like, count my blessings. Like, wow, my, my mom you know, she struggled with breast cancer for many years and now she's completely clear. And like, just every now and then I just like think like she could still be struggling with that. Like mm -hmm. a, many, a lot of people do have to struggle with that. Like I could not function in business if my mom was struggling with that because I'd be a wreck. So I'm so grateful that, you know, whatever you believe that, you know, whether it's God or the universe, or whatever has you know, allowed my mom to be healthy. And so when I can start on my day thinking those things, I just am kinder to people. I just kind of am, am more patient with things and just, yeah just opportunities to just kind of flock to, you know? Dude, it's so true. That's when I um, actually took the time to create that habit of being grateful every single day. I literally saw everything change in my right. life. And um, so, yeah, dude, that's a great point that you bring up. Which, by the way, when I said my mom struggled with breast, breast cancer, I want to explain. She didn't have breast cancer, so there's, like, like periods where, like, the, the cancer started to, like, develop. Mm -hmm. And, like, she had to get screened, like, every nine months. So, like, that was what I was explaining. She never, like had cancer or anything. I just gotcha. that. Yeah, good point. Good point to make. Um, so with, yeah, so with your, your marketing agency, you're, you're in high school, um, you're taking on clients. Where, where'd you take that agency? I know that you kind of started off having this full digital marketing agency, then you zoned in on Facebook advertising. Um, you took on clients just here in Indiana, other places in the country. Um, yeah, we, we had a couple clients uh, outside the state. No, not outside the country, but we, we definitely had clients outside the state for sure, but yeah. none outside the country. Yeah, yeah, outside the state. That's what I meant. So um, with, with that, where'd you take it next? What was that next step for you? Um, you know, I know you've been working on multiple different things, a couple companies that, you know, I don't know if you want to touch on and, and yeah, share sure. some things. So the agency, um, it just got to a point where I just wasn't happy. Mm. Um, why? I mean, like what is like a successful, like what is like a happy life? You know, it, it's not, usually it doesn't, it's, you know, usually money's not involved. Usually, you know, uh, things are not involved. Usually it's like you're waking up, you know, confident, grateful. You're going to bed feeling accomplished, feeling like you you, you left you know the world with something. Um, you you know you feel like you have good relationships. You you're able to you, you just feel confident. You have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Like that's a happy life, right? Um, and when I was running my agency, like I had the money, I had you know all the media articles, all that you know shit that you talked about. But like there'd be times where I'd I'd go to bed and I'm like, is that it? Mm -hmm. Like what else is there? Like maybe I need more of it. And it's like that was where like mentors are just so valuable because I'd go to mentors and say, 
I'd start to ask these questions about these feelings and thoughts, and I'd say, I'd start to think, like, maybe I just need more money, or, like, maybe I need to travel more, or maybe I need to party more, or maybe I need to do crazier drugs. Like, obviously, I wouldn't go to them, but, like, the point was, like, I was starting to draw these uh, assumptions or these ideas on, on, on how to um, just be more comfortable in my own skin, um, and obviously, that just wasn't the, the right track, and so, like, my mentors just kind of helped me to stay grounded and kind of helped me um, stick to my life priorities and, and what really matters, which was just being a, just a, just ha having a happy life, right? Just, it's just not all about money. Facts, man. That's big facts. And so, you know, I'm curious as to this, this mindset that you talk about, um, when it comes to someone that you're trying to mentor yourself, let's say, sure. what are, what's the importance of mindset that you would tell these types of people? You know, what would you tell them to do to develop this type of mindset? Because this obviously sure. isn't something, this mindset I, I truly believe isn't something that someone's just born with. Sure, sure, sure. So I'd say, <coughs> excuse me, I'd say to start out, it goes back to that, that quote that I mentioned earlier. Um, the world is like, like view the world as like your classroom, right? If you just kind of approach the world as like just a more curious person, like I want to go talk to that person and I want to go learn their story and I want to make sure that I connect with them on social media and maybe I even want to uh, you know, compliment them. After you've done that, you just created a, a great relationship. But what if that person, you know, six months later, if you keep their relationship, is going to open up a door for you um, that was something you have desired for many, many years? You don't know, but if you connect with hundreds of people, you know, just throughout your journey, and you're just constantly connecting with people, um, you're going to open up those doors. But what did you do first? You first recognized that I might learn something from that someone. You're optimistic about um, something that you might be able to learn. And so... I would just encourage people to just be very optimistic in the things that you can learn around your world and, and just kind of uh, just, just be more aware of your surroundings. Like, go solo travel. Like, mm. I, I solo traveled quite a lot. At first, it was kind of weird and different. Um, it was lonely at, at times. I was like, I didn't really know what to do. Um, but as I started to just get more connected with the local culture and started talking to more locals and just getting more insight on what to do, like, I got such great perspective and I got such, I developed such incredible mindsets because I pulled myself out of like the ecosystem that I was in. It's very hard to um, develop mindsets if you just stay in Greenwood, Indiana. Like mm. you have to get out of your house. In startups, in Silicon Valley and accelerators, uh, one of the most common things that they say is get out of the house. Don't stay in your office. Don't stay in the coconut house. Get out. Go meet people. Go talk to your customers. Go uh, talk to people in press. Like go uh, learn things, just submerge yourself in the world around you. When you did the solo uh, traveling, was that here in the United States? Yeah, yeah, mostly. Where were you staying? I mean, a couple times in Canada, but were you like staying with people you knew sometimes, or just hotels? People that I met with on so that I met with on social gotcha. media. There's a lot of people that I literally just connect with. Like, hey, I'd I'd love to stay up there. Um, there's some people that I got clients out of it. You know, like <laughs> they just kind of le like learned who I was, and they had a business or something like that. It's like that. That's some of those things when you like when you kind of like take off the shades, like a lot of people talk shit about Indiana and I will condemn the hell out of everyone because <laughs> you're lazy and you're boring. Like you're sitting at your house watching Netflix. Yes, of course I can live in San Francisco and watch Netflix all the time. And San Francisco would be boring. Mm -hmm. There's some cool stuff around Indiana. There There's some cool stuff around Indianapolis. This man has a tattoo of Indiana exactly. on his arm. Like I've had people make fun of me for having an outline of tattoo. Like I, I have pride in it, you yeah. know? Um, so it's just a mindset shift. For sure. So what would be some of your biggest inspirations that you think, you know, have impacted you? Like, or people, who, who are some of your biggest inspirations? 
whether it be someone you know personally, someone that you know through, um, you know, that's been famous or, you know. I said my dad. Mm. My dad, um, he's just the greatest example of just a servant. He just is constantly, constantly helping other people and asking what can he do for other people. Love that. What would you say your definition of a success would be? Like for me personally or for like what the world should be success? Let's do both. That's a, that's a good I like that perspective. For me personally, um, I'm in a, a, a state of I'm learning new things. I'm doing great stuff when I'm teaching people, um, and I'm constantly doing that. So um, if if I'm you know if I'm learning things, if I'm doing great work, and usually doing great work entails making money. Um, if I'm doing great work and making money, and if I'm teaching people as well, if, if I'm if I can be doing those three things, I'm really happy. Mm, and so then, what do you think the society should view success as? Well. Honestly, I, I just think they shouldn't view success as, like, achievement or, like, an accomplishment or just this, like, this singular thing. Like, success is, like, this revolving door. Like, you don't want to have, a, like, a, a successful life is, like, a legacy. Like, mm-hmm. what people think success, a lot of times, like, money or, like, fame, like, I mean, like, go for it, like, like yourself. Like, go get famous. Like, go make a lot of money. But I promise you, like, this is going to get to a point where you're going to be, like, is this all it yeah, is? There's no fulfillment. Right. Mm. I pr- like a lot of people that they hear me say that and they're like, but I, I mean, maybe I didn't, you know, I, I definitely was like not anything famous. Like I had a couple articles and everything and like the social media world, like I was kind of known, but just the, my little taste, if you even call that, I call it more popularity rather than fame, but if you call that more attention r- rather, um, that little bit, I mean, it was great in the beginning. It was great to get business, but that attention just created a lot of just anxiety and just, just expectation where like, you have to be the successful person. You have to be the person who knows what they're talking about. You can't be the person who opens up. And it's just, that's just I, I just wasn't happy. Mm, yeah. Putting, putting all of that aside, I mean, as far as, you know, speaking social media specifically, you know, what are those couple tips that you could give the listeners on how you can get more awareness for your company, your business, your brand? How do you you know, how were you able to grow? You you were really good at, uh, you know, all, all social media, but Twitter specifically um, was kind of that first platform that you took off with, correct? Sure. Yeah. So, right. you know, what did you learn through uh, just growing social media accounts? Yeah. Um, social media is just a platform for conversation. Mm. And if you just have content that creates conversation and the other word for conversation, we can call it engagement. Yeah. And so... The thing about Facebook, Twitter, all these platforms, if you learn the game of their, of like, if you learn Facebook's game, like, for example, Facebook wants good content on their platform because they want to have a good experience. Well, how do they measure that? Relevancy scores, positive feedback, negative feedback, and there's metrics where you can actually see that. So if you're looking at those, me- if you're not looking at those metrics, well, how are you improving your content? So um, just learning the game, learning the algorithms of these different platforms, um, uh, that's how you can just achieve just crazy uh, just growth on d- these different social media platforms. Yep, exactly. Um, and so, with what like what do you have going on right now? What are you currently up to? What's that project yeah. that you're working on? So, so the thing I'm really excited about right now is the Startup Foundation. It's a nonprofit mm-hmm. founded by uh, John Wetcher, Hunter Stone, and myself. And uh, what's it called? The the Start Ed Up Foundation. Okay, I said that gotcha. kind of fast. The Start Ed Up Foundation. Um, and what we do is we empower and equip student innovators and entrepreneurs. Um, how we do that is we provide something called a student innovation night to different cities around Indiana and soon outside of the state where 40 to 50, 60 high school students um, 
will meet any, in one room and a company will meet and you know you have different spectators and this company or a nonprofit will pitch like real problems that they're having in their organization to the students and you know to the audience which is a bunch of students of course um, occasionally parents will come um, but these students will then create like the after hearing these problems like you know connecting with people on social media or improving their internal communications or maybe it's product based you know problems these students will internalize these problems and will break, break off and brainstorm into you know different sessions and just come up with solutions and they'll pitch back to this company or nonprofit these solutions and the company or nonprofit can then hire or work with these students so these students are getting like real world experience like my entrepreneurship class in high school didn't teach me anything that I'm doing now but like real world experience like at working with real people with real problems and real solutions that's like how you can really develop real skills and so that's what the student innovation ads provide and then we're also the technically the first ever high school VC fund like ever really um, yeah that's surprising ever uh, uh, no equity uh, no, 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 no no interest so a lot of uh, VC funds they have college and high school and we're one to just focus on high school so like practice awesome. they're an incredible uh, the field foundation they're another incredible fo uh, foundation where they invest in student companies and they mentor them, empower them, but they have colleges, and it's like we only focus on like only high, high schoolers, school. which is like mm -hmm. a very specific demographic, of course, very different than, of course, the college level. So where are you wanting, where is you and your team wanting to take this project? Are you wanting to go global with this thing, take it to a whole nother level? What's that vision look like? Sure. So, um, I mean, the word taking global is like, it's, it's such, such a big thing. A lot, a lot of people just throw it around. Um, but I'd say like our goal is with the Startup Foundation, we ultimately want to increase, you know, we, we, we want to build Indiana's economy firstly, mm -hmm. and then if we can, you know, do it right here, we want to do it in other, um, other cities. Because, you know, helping build young entrepreneurs now, helping empower uh, on youth to, to think like an entrepreneur, because not necessarily building their own business, but to just think like an entrepreneur where they're, you know, uh, thinking resourceful, they're developing skills, they're um, trying to improve themselves, those different skills of an entrepreneur, which that's really what we're teaching. Um, that, that's why we kind of have a, a different, unique audience. Um, but like at, at the end of the day, we just want to empower more student entrepreneurs because 10 years down the road, their trickle-down uh, economic impact is huge. I mean, that's a duplicating system. That our actions today, 15 years, 20 years out, um, you know, can help build more buildings downtown just because the, the trickle-down economy, uh, trickle-down economy effect, which of course is a, an entire not, another conversation, which we totally can, but just kind of um, empowering youth entrepreneurs in the early stages so that when they get to the you know, early, early 20s, they're already leaders teaching mm -hmm. other young entrepreneurs. You know, it's that duplicating system. I love that. And so, you know, dude, you're 20 years old. You have an incredible story thus far. Um, you've started businesses, you've failed at businesses, you're working on this non-for-profit, you know, obviously this isn't it for you. What does that vision look like for you? Have you figured that out yet? Do you want to go start a lot of businesses? Um, you know, what is, what is your vision for your life, man? It's <laughs> um, a great question. It's a hard question too. Yeah, very hard. So no pressure. <laughs> and it, obviously th this is the thing. Vision is always changing. Yeah, sure. Um, and every single day, honestly. But if you were to look back, if you're, you know, old and, you know, 100 years old and yep. you're looking back on your life, uh, what would you want people, you know, what would you want to be known for? Sure. What? So at, at the end of the day, if you ask me, like, what's most important, it, you know, it, apart from everything, of course, besides, you know, God and family, it's mm -hmm. building a legacy. Mm. Um, because, you know, like, that's how you can really impact the world. Like, being known, like, 50 years after you've died, 
like being known inter or like gen- being known for generations like that's how you actually impact the world like a yep. lot of people who talk about impacting the world like if they're one person unless they're creating like like a legacy that's going to last for for generations or unless they're creating a company with many employees you just can't impact the world you just can't do that and so if if I want to say I'm I'm going to impact the world then I want to impact and teach as many people now in my life now um, so that my you know just my words or my, my teachings um, can impact people uh, you know, for, 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 for generations to come. Um, something that I'm going to be uh, really focusing on in the very near future is book writing. Um, so I'll be coming out with nice. a, a book pretty soon, which this is like the first time I'm actually announcing that. Um, but Have I'm you started writing it? Oh, or? yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on already. Nice. Um, but like a book because like, like I believe like humans, like most fundamental purpose on this planet is to share information. Yep. Like when you have a kid, you teach them things. In marketing, you're sharing information. At a company, you're sharing information with employees. Everything is information sharing. And so I just love to learn. Like, the whole reason why I love to learn new things is because I love to share those things that I learned with other people. Mm. And so books can just be a great platform to do that, of course. Um, so that's I, I just really want to get into a lot, of book, a lot of book writing. And that's actually what the Startup Foundation is going to um, build into eventually. Just We're, we're, we're going to build a, a publishing wing or department, if we will, for young entrepreneurs to write a book because what a lot of young entrepreneurs have, um, you know, they, uh, they might lack skills they, or they definitely lack skills, you know, experience because they're young, you know, they're, they're learning, um, but, but they might have a great story. They might have passion you know, and those different, they might have some interesting perspective and so if we can help them share their stories through book writing, different kind of things, um, then if it, it's a, of course a lay because more people are learning, more people are being inspired by these stories and more people are being impacted. So is your book like mainly your story? And so I don't, I don't know how much I want to talk about this first one. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no worries. But, but it, it, that can be another conversation for another day if, if we want. But all I'll say is like, it, it's going to be cool because like if you write a book properly, it can be the best website, the best business card, the best speaking gig, the best video ever. Because like, imagine if you could get 10,000 book sales, which is not that hard, really. You can make decent money. And imagine 10,000 people like really knowing your story and like really knowing like, like what you've done. Mm. You're going to create fans and you're going to hit a lot of fans and a lot of those people are going to start to talk about you and recommend you. And like, they're going to start gifting your book around. Your story is just going to start to happen. And you, it's just happening yeah, organically. It's a trickle effect. Exactly. I love that. And so are you, are you doing a lot of speaking engagements right now? I mean, I don't know what a lot is, but when I, uh, I mean, in 2018, I didn't do really any. Um, in 2017, I did quite a lot. In 2019, I'd say I will be doing more speaking gigs, saying yes to them. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2019, I'll be building more of my personal brand, so I will be, like, more, like, people will be wanting to, like, come to more, uh, asking me for more speaking gigs or to speak in more places. So since I'll be building my personal brand again in 2019, or back to it, then I'll have more opportunities to speak and stuff like that. Gotcha, dude. Love it. Before I ask my my next or my last question, um, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter. I, I like Twitter, Instagram. Jeremy Miller with two J's. Follow me there. I'll follow you back. Hit, hit, hit me up if you follow me. Definitely like message me and like say you you watch the podcast. Start the so conversation. Can, yeah, exactly. Um, and so. Before I actually ask my last question, is there anything that you want to uh, give a shout out to, plug anyone, uh, say anything? This is your chance to kind of mic's all yours. Shout out people. I, I'd just say like, 
everyone, I mean, everyone in your life is going to contribute something to your life. And Mm -hmm. if you can just like view people that they're contributing something to your life, whether you can see it right now, whether it's impacting you now or or later, um, it's just a different mind shift. So in terms of people who had shout out, just all the people who at the time I didn't see that they're helping me. And now I can look back and I can Mm -hmm. say like, wow, you guys helped me out. And I had no idea. So like my parents, when I thought that they're being so effing annoying, like now I'm like, my parents are some of the smartest people I ever know, (laughs) you know? Yeah. That's the coolest thing to me, honestly, is like going along in this journey and then looking back and actually being able to connect the dots. Yes. Even the the, the things that happened that you thought were, you were in the darkest times, you look back on now and you're like, ah, this, this makes sense. This is why this had to happen. I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. Yes, for sure. So my last question for you. So if there was, you know, let's say, Jeremy, you go through your life, you impact millions of people, you write hundreds of books, you do everything that you want to be doing, uh, and you get to the end of your life, and all of this information and all of these teachings that you've you know, uh, curated and, and produced in this world are wiped away forever. Right. And you can only leave one lesson to your, your children, your family, your close loved ones. There's that one lesson that you learned. What would that lesson be? Is such a hard question, <laughs> and I know you're young still. So, but what would you? Well, it's just hard to like narrow down. Yeah, yeah. Because there's just so many things that it's like there's a domino effect in your life. Like your actions impact so many other actions. Mm. It's like I, I, it's just hard to like narrow down to one thing because this one thing is going to impact these three other things, and if you do these three other things, you know. So, I'd say if there's one thing, just treat people right Mm. just treat people with respect um law of reciprocity if you treat people great now you don't do it only because of this but if you treat people great um at one time they just feel more inclined uh sometime in their life that they're gonna you know pay it back some way and so if you like dwight Schrute on the office terrible example but you know he goes to the entire office tries to get you know 30 favors so he can try to get he can collect all these favors and trade them in you know this one thing right (laughs) but and like in essence Technically, like that type of thinking, that's actually kind of true. Mm-hmm. Obviously, don't do it for that way, but yeah, I'd say just law of reciprocity. Just treat people with respect. Treat people with respect. I love it, dude. Jeremy, I appreciate you coming on this show, uh, spending time with me, and it was a pleasure interviewing interviewing you. I I promise you that if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to be so successful. You're only 20 years old, and you're making an impact already, dude. It's giving me cold chills. I hope that we can continue growing our relationship and partner on making a true impact in a positive way in this world. And yeah, guys, this was another episode of uh, Novelty Growth. I appreciate you listening in. And until next time, I will see you or you'll hear us then. Later.